This episode of Nomad Athlete Radio is brought to you by Whoop, the performance tool that is changing the way people track their fitness and optimize their training through a wrist-worn heart rate monitor that provides analytics and insights on recovery, strain, and sleep. Learn more at whoop.com. That's W-H-O-O-P.com and use code NOMEAT at checkout to save 15%. Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to me Athlete Radio. So, Matt, I'm glad we're recording this episode about, what, 10 days after after the race? Because it really wasn't until yesterday that I started feeling like myself again. Oh, yeah? I was going to ask you that. I was going to wonder if you... I think I remember that it was something for like three or four days before I could walk normally, and I think that's pretty typical. What what uh, what's the deal? You get sick? Yeah, I got. Uh, you know, I think I think I, we shared on the podcast. Maybe maybe I just shared it with you that the week leading up to the race, Eliza was was really sick, and uh, my daughter was very sick, right? And vomiting and all that stuff, and um, and I I was kind of feeling a little bit weird, but I you know I think it was mostly in my head leading into the race, and then the few days after the race, you. My body was just like, you know, whatever. I, you know, couldn't tell the difference between up and right. down. So, right. um, but this weekend we went to, uh, it was Easter weekend. We went to visit some family and drove down to Atlanta and I get to Atlanta and I'm there for maybe 20 minutes and then I spend the next 36 hours in bed. Oh <laughs> like my God. Totally nasty sick. Really wow. bad. Yeah. Ooh. But That's the so good bad. news was that I had, you know, I'd kind of been feeling like, sleepy and just off all week which made sense you know i was didn't think too much of it after the race but spending like all that time in bed and basically sleeping that entire time you know i'd wake up for a few hours here but um basically sleeping that entire time i woke up uh and once i like was able to eat something i started feeling so good and yesterday i was just like top of the top of my game oh yeah wow so maybe your body needed that i know it's kind of like a little reset button yeah maybe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's good that's nice to hear you think the uh think the race compromised your immune system think you were fighting it off and then i mean it had to right that's what they yeah definitely yeah yeah i mean uh, without a doubt you know without a doubt the between the lack of sleep you know which we'll yeah. get into and then also um you know just the strain on the body i mean it had to have had to compromise things and and we we had company all of last week as well so you know kind of you didn't really get a chance oh, you had, to oh, you company had yeah, yeah. So I didn't really get a, like a full chance to veg right, out. Right. I did hear though that you were sleeping on uh, Saturday morning at noon or something. Whatever. Whenever you had just finished the race, the update I got was Doug finished and he's sleeping out, passed out hard or something. <laughs> yep, that's right. Um, oh, and yeah. Then, oh, and actually, I was gonna ask you that because Aaron wondered if you would then sleep the whole night. I think I think it wasn't noon. I think it was probably like two o'clock. Yeah. Okay. And we were wondering, well, does that mean he will wake up at some point or sleep the whole night through? And I imagined that you would wake up and feel super groggy and strange at evening dinner time and then go to bed. Yeah, that's actually, that's pretty accurate. So, so I finished right around noon. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and, and I was, and it wouldn't have been inaccurate to say that I was asleep by like five minutes later because yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, it, the, so we're kind of, we're kind of starting backwards here, but I think that that's okay. The, uh, the final five minutes, it had, it, it had rained for the first like six hours of the race. Uh-huh. Uh, and then it, and then it stayed dry until the final five minutes. And during those five minutes, I mean, the, the skies just opened up. I mean, it was like dumping rain oh and, 
and I was coming down off this mountain and it was just like, like the trails were flooding. It was just like dumping rain. And, um, all I could think about was how I bet my family is getting in the car to get under shelter <laughs> and they're going to miss, <laughs> they're going to miss me finishing. <laughs> um, but you know, it was like, it was just like, I, like raining so hard. So right afterwards I crossed the finish line. Um, I'll tell why well, go ahead and tell the story of, of the finish. Why so, don't we, why don't we back up one second and let people know what the race is. Oh know. yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, we're kind of jumping way ahead of ourselves here. Um, should we start over? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's just quickly, let's say it's a hundred mile race. Okay. Yep. It was the hellbender 100, which you've done before. That's right. And, you know, this is what, 32 hours in or something like that? I don't know. That's right, yeah. So this is the Hellbender 100. Last year it took me 33 hours, and I was miserable for the last six of them, probably. Uh Uh-huh. This year my only goal was to, uh, my only real goal was to not be miserable, but to to finish feeling much stronger and much better than last year. Jeez, and I had I had some like time, time estimates. I, well, it didn't really matter as long as I as long as I was just felt better about the race. I, I ended last year's race not feeling good about the race. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, and I wanted to feel good about the race. And you know, I had kind of hoped that that meant that I would finish faster. You know, I'd hoped that it would mean that I would finish closer to thirty hours. But you know, but none of that really mattered. I, I really just wanted to like redeem myself on this course and you know show that I could handle it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up finishing in about 32 hours and 20 minutes. Okay. Uh, so it was, you know, a good 40 minutes faster than last year, which, uh, over the course of 32 hours is not very much, but, um, you know, but it's still a a PR on the course, which I'm happy about that. Mm -hmm. Good. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I guess I'll just go ahead and say that it was so much better of a race than, than it was the the previous year. Good. Okay. Um, everything kind of came together in a totally different way than it did the, the awesome. previous year. Well, that is yeah. good. Okay, so we will get into that. But let's. Uh, what's the finish line story that we're? Yeah, so the finish line story. It's dump and rain. Um, there's this there's this tracker that uh, that they have for us that checks us in at every aid station, so people at home can follow along and your crew can follow along and stuff. Um, and it gives estimates on when you're going to reach the next aid station. And apparently, you know, unbeknownst to me, apparently it was within like 15 minutes of it. Like it was really accurate, mm-hmm. uh, even though the aid stations were several hours apart. Right. So people had been following along, including my crew, and, um, and you know, just could really almost rely on that to be basically correct. Um, but the... But I I closed harder than it predicted I would, and I came in about an hour and fifteen minutes before it predicted I would, wow. and so they weren't ready for me at all. And they had actually gotten in the car, <laughs> and uh, my mom had like re- reclined the seat all the way back, you know, like she was like about to take a nap, and Katie just happened to look up right as I like popped out of the woods, you know, oh. hundred hundred feet from the finish, and she was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and she like grabbed Eliza and my mom, and they just start sprinting out into this downpour, like with no coats or or uh, umbrellas or anything on to and to <laughs> to watch me finish, and um, they go back to the car about fifteen minutes later and realize they didn't even shut any of the doors. You know, like the oh, keys geez. were in the car. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was kind of funny. But it, since it was downpour, like I hid under a little shelter and sat down, 
And I was telling a story and mid story just like passed out. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Did, uh, did Eliza run the, run the last bit with you? No, she didn't. Cause they were like, they were like, it just didn't, the way that they're where they were, you know, I, I even like slowed down so they could actually get to the finish line by the time I got there, uh-huh. you know, uh, it was just kind of a funny moment. Like everyone was just kind of sprinting around and the rain was just dumping down. I, so I was just talking about this to Holden, my son who watched, he was there when, and he was, I think, uh. I guess he was three and a half. I was thinking he was a little bit older than that. But he, so anyway, he, he did run the last like 50 yards of mine with me. And I thought that's what a nice memory that I was creating for him. Mm-hmm. And, and we talked about the hundred and he told me he has no recollection at all of that <laughs> thing. He remembers like one like snapshot of me running away in the dark at some point. But <laughs> not, just the rest is gone. So oh, anyway, funny. she wouldn't remember it anyway. Yeah. How old, how old would he have been? He he was three and a half or so. Okay, so he he, he was older than older than Eliza. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. But uh, I also fell asleep immediately after mine in the parking lot, just like on the pavement. I guess that's the thing people do. Well, I see. I'd never done that before. Oh really? Um, yeah. No, I'd never been like where I just couldn't keep my eyes open. You know, like mid conversation. Hmm. But I just I just couldn't keep my eyes open. Dozed right off. You didn't sleep during the race, did you? I didn't, but I I came pretty close. Oh really? Because that's people always ask that question. They say, "What do you like sleep during that time?" And I said, "No, I don't think anyone does. I guess you could, but I don't think mm-hmm. anyone would unless they were like ready to quit. Like that was my thing. I said, if, if I'm going to quit, to the crew, convince me to take a nap or something like, right. before you quit. But I just didn't know that anyone actually does. So you you almost did. I almost did, but not um, not thinking right. Um, mm-hmm. actually, I have two stories on this. So so the first one is is. It really wasn't that late. It was maybe like ten thirty or eleven o'clock. But the race started at four thirty in the morning. Mm-hmm. I didn't get any night sleep the night before, you know. So really, I'm, at that point, I'm going on, you know, a, a full night of no sleep into the second night of no sleep. You know, so I, I'd gotten a couple a couple hours of sleep before the race, but Ooh, like three or four, you know. Right. Exactly. Um, I just couldn't. I was tossing and turning, and then my alarm went off at three. You know. So you didn't train yourself like Michael Arnstein does to go to bed at seven o'clock for <laughs> I didn't. I should have I should have <laughs> taken that advice and gone to bed at seven o'clock. I know, I know. Unfortunately, life prevents me from doing that. But <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, you know, so I was I was just like coming off of a night already with, with not very good sleep and, and once it got dark, there was this uh big climb that took, you know, a couple hours to, to get up. Mm-hmm. Um and I got to the top and I sat down, my shoe came untied and I sat down to untie my shoe and I just kind of laid down and, and I was like, I was like, wake me up in five. My pacer was with me. I was like, wake me up in five. I just didn't even think about it. I was just like, wake me up in five. And he just started kicking me. He was like, no, you got to get up. He he took his foot and he was just like nudging me in the chest. He's like, you got to get up right now. Like you cannot fall asleep. And so I, I totally would have. And had he not been there, I definitely would have just like laid down right next to the trail. And well, how did he know that was such a bad idea? Because I mean, it seems to me like a uh, five minute rest might be just what you need. I, you know, I don't know. He just he just thought it was a bad idea, and and it would have been a bad idea because it was like up on this ridge and it was like windy and cold. Like I would it would I would have woken up right in trouble for sure. Um, yeah. You know, the ground was wet. It just it was it was a terrible idea. But for some reason, I sat down and then I was just like, oh, I'm gonna take a quick nap. <laughs> but but I didn't. But a funny story is um, maybe so. I played leapfrog with this guy from Pennsylvania for 
the most of the race. And this is in, by like mile, near by like three o'clock in the morning or something like that. He just, um, we're going down this big hill and he just comes barreling by me. And I'd seen him at the last aid station and he was looking okay, but, but not, not great. And he pulled out this like iced coffee that he was carrying around in his pack mm-hmm. and he just like chugs it and everyone kind of like made a joke out of it. Um, and he was, you know, and he was like, yeah, I, I just really need it right now. I'm feeling pretty tired. And then, you know, 45 minutes later, he just comes barreling by me down this hill. And I'm like, whoa, that coffee must have worked. He's like, I feel great, but I bet I'm going to crash. And and I get to the aid station, the next aid station, maybe an hour or so later. And he's like sitting up, he's sitting in a chair next to the fire with uh, his phone on his, his lap with like a, an alarm counting down. And he had, I apparently he had been asleep for like 15 minutes, <laughs> like just like got there, passed out next to the fire, set an alarm and just passed out. Did he end up? Come back, all right? Yeah, he, he. I never saw him again, but I did. I did look at the results, and he. Uh, I have no idea what the rest of the experience was for him, but he finished. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So ah, people do take naps. People people do pull that off somehow. Yeah, I've never done it, and honestly, I don't think it's a great idea for me. But no, I feel like in Scott Jurek's book, he talks about winning some race where he was dead and then decided to sleep for like an hour or two and then just made some huge comeback yeah it didn't uh, at badwater or something i, it, I think probably badwater yeah i think i do remember that cool well good um what was the wackiest food you ate the whole time people always want to know food? wacky food they want wacky ultra foods you know what um i don't know how wacky this is but it it caught me off guard and i liked it they had uh you know how you know how it's common for races to have bacon like at aid stations yep. yep that's a pretty common thing well i roll up to an aid station and right next to a big pile of bacon is a big pile of, of vegan bacon oh, that's nice i know and and like it wasn't really what i wanted because right. <laughs> i don't really like that stuff much anyway but also just it just didn't like you know they didn't know how to cook it it was limp and was it uh was it coconut bacon or shiitake bacon or uh um What's that other soy product that I'm blanking on the name of? Tempeh bacon. It was, uh, I don't no. know, actually. Was it Satan <laughs> Primal Strips? Satan, yeah, it was, it was, it was Satan based for sure. Um, okay. It might have been the Primal Strips. I don't know. I don't no, think I, so. They're, they're not bacon. They're just, they're just meat. They're just like that beef jerky thing. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know exactly what it was, but they said it was vegan bacon. And, um, and, um, uh, I, I had like half one, but I appreciated that they went through the effort to do that. I yeah. thought that that was kind of cool. You didn't complain about it. Your vegan bacon is limp <laughs> and it's gross. You couldn't make shiitake bacon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of aid station are you? <laughs> no, so not not a ton of uh, unusual food. You know what uh, I did do? What? Which was inspired by you was the no chicken noodle soup. Oh yeah, I saw that somewhere. Somehow, someone told me that you had that. Maybe Aaron told me that you. Maybe Katie put an update or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's oh no, I don't know what I know what it was. It, you didn't give me credit in uh in your little pre race thing. Aaron <laughs> saw that on on Instagram. Is that what it was Instagram? Uh-huh. And yep. I saw that and I was like, oh, here comes my shout out part. And then nope, just went on by. Oh, I'm sorry. And I was really upset. <laughs> I bet you. But were. yeah, I like that stuff. That was great. Salty pasta, uh-huh. white noodles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little tofu squares. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Good. I thought you were going to say sunflower seeds. That was my other uh, my contribution to the ultra running world. 
uh, was no. sucking on sunflower seeds and eating them. Did not do that. Mm. But the, right. the no chicken noodle soup was uh, was a was a big success, big good. hit. I also tried something new that worked out pretty well, um, and this was I, this was also inspired by you, but it wasn't your exact uh, recommendation. Was um, you had I think you had talked about some sort of like dried food where you just add water. Yes, uh, and, and you had you had some brand name yeah, Leafside. Leafside. Mm-hmm. Well, I got inspired by that, and I went to the grocery store and um, found some like vegan just add water pad thai thing oh nice yeah i've seen that in the uh ethnic aisle of uh of of ingles yep yeah i can say and, guy, right? that's not a not a bad thing. <laughs> i think that's what they call it okay yeah that's what i'm just saying what they say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just it's funny they just like throw all international foods in in one aisle and call it the ethnic aisle um <laughs> but uh yeah i tried that and i had like half of one you know around dinner time and mm-hmm. it was perfect it was great yeah i bet that was good it's a good mm-hmm. idea. So that was, that was another unusual kind of recommendation, but or unusual one what, inspired your crew, by crew prepared that. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was a big. This was a big thing that I would recommend. That's that's not. Uh, I'm sure I didn't figure it out myself, but it was something different that I did this time. Was I asked around for you know like all the, everyone has these like Yeti water bottles and stuff. Yeah, that are just super insulated. Keep water hot for a long time. Instead of having my crew actually like have a stove and heat up water all mm. the time, right? I just they you know I just boiled a whole bunch of water that morning, or or my mom did, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and put it into you know those thermoses, and uh, they had essentially boiling water to make oatmeal and stuff like and that. It lasted the whole day. It lasted pretty much the whole day. Yeah. Wow. By the by, the end it wasn't as hot, but it still made oatmeal. Uh huh. Um, and yeah, like it was, it was idea. huge. It That's was like a just, a, I mean, you know, because it's hard for them, you know, they want to make oatmeal or whatever. They want to make this noodle soup, um, so they heat the water up. But it might be an hour before I get in, you know, because it's hard to yeah, guess right. when I'm when I'm right. getting in. And so then then you have to keep it hot, or you have to wait until you see me and then I have to wait around for it, you know, so this like changed the ball game for us. And I'm sure that a lot of people do it all the time, but it was the first time I had thought of it. Yes. I would not have thought of that. I mean, I, I definitely noticed that. Like I have a coffee cup that, that keeps the coffee too hot because you just can't even drink it unless mm-hmm. you ventilate it for a while. Um, but I would have never thought they would last like hours and hours, but that's amazing. Yeah. Just if you have a large volume, it probably, probably stays right. hot for a long time. Yeah. That's cool. Good for you. You made something new up. <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't give you credit on Instagram, Matt. I feel bad now. <laughs> no, I don't care at all with that. I, I was like, I no way Matt's going to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then I catch something. Uh-huh. From uh-huh. Aaron. <laughs> Good. Um, okay, so big picture stuff. I have, actually, you know what, let me get my other wacky question out of the way. It's okay. Not really, it's not really wacky, but... Uh, People, this is just, I, you know what, I, I guess I didn't mean to come up with questions that everybody asked me about, but that's what I did. <laughs> um, what did you do to entertain yourself the whole time? I'm guessing you listen to something like most people do, or like I do, and it seems like it's a common strategy. Did you did you listen to any, any particular things? Yeah. Um, so this is kind of an interesting story. So I have an iPod mini from mm-hmm. like... 2009 or something uh, maybe not that old but it, okay 
2000 square thing 12 yeah one of those little square ones mm-hmm. with like still has like the circle dial thing so it's not a touch screen you gotta plug it in to load the songs on you gotta plug it in to load the songs on for sure yep good um and for the last four years probably every, you know maybe longer the only time i use it is on really long races so i hadn't used it since last year's hellbender right and i look or i charged it up but didn't add any new songs and um because honestly like i don't have that many new songs because i just stream everything now instead of buying stuff yeah, that is that is weird that it has happened Mm-hmm. yeah so you know so i just like i was like well you know i haven't listened to a lot of these songs in a long time probably you know i'll probably enjoy that mm-hmm. um and they were a couple years old i think i'd made that play- set list or playlist actually for um black mountain monster which was like three or four years ago mm-hmm. so it was pretty old um and around my probably own... had all the hits that i'm into that i just got into <laughs> you just discovered <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's probably right. Um, <laughs> so around mile, mile like 30, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready for, for my headphones. I pull them out, and I'm going up this big climb, and I'm like, all right, music, this is cool, great, great, great. Um, and I was like, oh, man, this song, and I like skipped it. And I'm like climbing, I'm like, oh, man, this song. And what I found was none of the songs were doing it for me at all, and it like actually aggravated me. I was like, I don't want to listen to these songs. <laughs> and so after maybe an hour or so, I took it off, and I never never put it in again. Oh, what were and, these songs? I need to know what these specific names <laughs> of these songs. <laughs> Come on, I don't. It was like uh, like Imagine Daft Dragons. Punk. Daft Punk, that one, that uh, one more time. That <laughs> that that that's like really old. <laughs> that's the only Daft Punk I know. Yeah, that was their one like, hit. Um, like lose yourself to music. Okay. All right. Um, what else? Uh, With Lumineers in there. Some Mumford and Sons. Um, yeah. yeah, there's probably some Lumineers on there. Imagine Dragons. Uh, not imagine dragons alabama shakes like old alabama shakes which mm-hmm. i love i mean that's a great album you know but for some reason it just wasn't How doing it nathaniel rateliff and the night sweats <laughs> seems like a doug kind of band no none of that on there no. <laughs> how about uh your jam band stuff my jam band stuff uh i you know yeah, had like string cheese incident and all that had uh no i there fish? was no fish no no string cheese about, there might have uh, been some. What was that Jerry Garcia band? Grateful Dead. Grateful Dead. <laughs> no, no, you know, I maybe actually, I probably would have enjoyed that more. I should have just put a jam band set list on there. Um, yeah, but it, I, you know, you know what I think it was though, is because I only listen to those songs once a year when I'm running really long races. I think it was just like taking me back to, oh, like a bad experience. Yeah, just like flashbacks to to being uncomfortable and tired right right hmm. so so i was not into that and i actually didn't listen to much music or i didn't listen to any more music so just a lot of kind of in my head i ran with a guy no, for no podcast no gimbal media no gimlet media no nope. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what the cool things are Doug. Just... did you say did you see they got purchased by spotify for like 300 million dollars or something no i didn't see that um uh yeah no i did no podcast uh but so it was but I, I did run with some some people for a while uh which was which was nice but one thing that my i've been telling everybody this because this is the most brilliant idea ever um 
that I have no idea if he planned it or not. I need to ask him or if it was an off-the-cuff thing. But my pacer through the night uh, asked me or, like, told me riddles. Asked me a riddle. Oh, okay. And when he first did it, so we were, like, you know, you know death marching along. Um, and he was like, I got a riddle for you. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah, I'm, this is the last thing I want to do is think about a riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he told it to me. And he was like, you can ask me any questions you want. And, and we'll get it right. Just take take your time. And so over the course of like the next hour, every like 10 minutes, I would ask a question and then just kind of let it marinate in the back of my head and like keep moving forward and so, not think wait, about it too much. When you say riddle, you're not talking about like what's black and white and red all over. Joke riddles. Not this joke like riddles. Like solve a mystery. Yeah, like solve a mystery riddle. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He just knew, knew riddles in his head? I, he, he, he knew, he, apparently he knew three of them. And it's okay. possible, it's possible that he prepared for them. I need to ask if he'd like studied up on some riddles before before maybe he just watched the office when uh when dwight Schrute tries to ask three riddles to uh (laughs) ryan have you seen that (laughs) he he just as soon as he says three words ryan guesses the answer because he knows the riddle and then it's just a great little intro i don't remember that but what were the riddles (laughs) i'm not gonna tell the riddles are they the common ones um the block of ice and the um, the block of ice and the Melts, no, not not the black device. Oh, I don't know that one. I can't operate on this boy. He's my son. Mm, nope, don't know that one. There's okay. one about. Um, well, I, I can't tell you them to you. I, I can I'm gonna spoil them. I, I think people will be all right if you spoil these riddles. Um, uh, here's one. This is the whole riddle. The music stopped and she died. And you have to figure out why, how she died, and what like it has to do with the music. Okay. Um, so that was, and you ask questions, and then the person gives you more information as you ask the right questions. Or yeah, you, you, like yes there? or no, yes or no kind of questions. Um, and and eventually, like there'd be like a little bit of you know, maybe a little bit of, not help, but like kind of context or something oh, like that. I like um, this. This is good. Yeah, and and so it would like take me an hour to like figure it out, but I could I could do it, and I could think about it enough mm-hmm. to where. It like was keeping my mind occupied, but not so much like it what didn't have to like hold a conversation. You know, sometimes you just don't want to like be thinking yeah, right. too much, right? And it was perfect. It was like the best thing he could have done because we did that. He had three of them. We probably did it for at least three hours. Um, wow. And uh, and it like got me through a really tough section of the race. And I just thought it was the I just thought it was the coolest thing. I've been telling everybody that is a great idea about that. Yeah, I'm gonna. Uh... That inspires me to look up riddles for like a car trip and just have some mm. riddles ahead of time for the kids. Yeah. Things where I, I love the idea that you say something, people think about it, they stop thinking about it, do something else, mm-hmm. return yeah. the riddle. But even better for ultra marathons because then you, like you said, you don't want to at all be thinking, you know, hard about something for a long time. Right. Right. It's perfect. Great idea. Genius. I know. What's that, I know. What's that uh, crew person's name? Give him His, or her a it, shout out. Michael Nieder. Shout out to to Michael Nieder. Yep. Good. Well, I hope people will take that and do it to their their friends. I do too. I you know I I if I am asked to pace someone through a hundred mile race anytime soon, I'm absolutely going to do that. Mm -hmm. Mhm. Because I just thought it was I thought it was brilliant. And and you're right. I mean, a car ride would be another good idea. Just you know, just like have something that everybody's kind of just thinking about. You know, just in the back of their head. Mm Mhm. Okay. So then. Did the woman, uh, what was the song that was playing? Am I allowed to ask that? <laughs> um, 
It didn't. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Does any of this matter? That's what I. Does the, does the person have more information that they're not revealing in that first clue? Well, I know what happened to her. But there's not there's not other clues to be uncovered, right? You're just saying yes or no to steer you in the direction of the answer. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so some of them, you know, some like a, another one that he told me. Um, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> give me the punchline of the of the this one. You mean to spoil it? Yeah, because no people don't know this joke. This doesn't matter. Or it's not a joke. I know. <laughs> it's not like okay. this is a new movie that's out that we're going to ruin everybody's day by saying. I'm. I'm. All right. Okay. Spoiler alert. We're going to say the spoiler answer alert. to the. Woman Take your headphones off for the next yes. thirty seconds. <laughs> I'm sure everyone's going to do that. <laughs> all right. All right. She is a blind tightrope walker, and the music signifies that she's at the end of the rope. So you like step onto the platform and the music stopped too early. And she died? And she oh, fell okay. off the tightrope. Wow. And you get, you arrive at that by? Yeah. You arrive at that just at, with yes or no questions. Huh. I've never or, heard or, or maybe something like, uh, yeah, I wouldn't really focus on that. Like that's not important. You know, like the type, like the, the song. Right. Right. Hmm. This is new to me. These types of riddles. I like this. Mm-hmm. Well, I've got I've got two more. If, uh, <laughs> if time allows, if time if, if we run out of things to talk about about this race, then okay. I'm just I'm just tell. probably oh, shouldn't we... do them now. But if there's if you wanted to give another example or something for some purpose, then let's do that. But let's not get into doing the riddles. <laughs> okay, no, no, I, I think we're good. But maybe we should actually start a separate riddle podcast and just record ourselves. Good idea. I think Alexa already does all that though. Oh, bummer. Tricky Genie is a Alexa riddle app. Oh, really? <laughs> It's not like these though. The kids do it, but okay, yeah, it's a great idea, and uh, and yeah. Well, I can't I can't say Good. enough about it. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Interesting. I like it. Um. Good. So that's how you occupied your mind. That's how I, that's how I Riddles, occupied my mind. Mm-hmm. And a couple couple minutes of songs. That's right. I did do. I, yeah, I, I did. Uh, as you know, I like to dedicate sections and miles and stuff to people i did uh-huh. I did do some of that at the end okay um which was or like during the during this the final big climb which is where i fell apart last year uh-huh. i broke it into four sections ahead of time like in my head mm-hmm. and i dedicated a section to different people and thought about them during those sections and that that was good hmm. good mm-hmm. okay like it that's not that's a doug hay special yep um how about a, how about a mantra? Another Doug Hay special. Yeah, um, yeah. So it kind of I didn't have one ahead of time, but what it turned into um, was was to uh, to take my time and um, to just just take your time. And what that what that meant, what that ended up meaning, was that I was. Um, taking longer at aid stations than I would have normally, than I ever have before. Mm. Um, and, and stopping, um, like I, I stopped more frequently to put on lube. I stopped more frequently to just kind of adjust my pack if something didn't feel right. You know, things that I would kind of in the past, just like I'll handle that when I get to the next aid station. I, I made sure to to stop and, and just kind of hmm. take my time and adjust things and um, let go of like let go of the you know the the 
the watch, whatever the watch is saying and, and how fast I'm going and that kind of thing. And just be like, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to listen to exactly what my body is asking me to do. And, um, and what I think happened, you know, what is, is that it worked? I mean, it, it, it allowed me to, for the most part, I mean, of course there were definitely lows and there were stomach issues and there was all the stuff that you would expect in a hundred mile or 32 hour race. But, um, I stayed positive the whole time and I felt, you know, relatively comfortable the whole time and like just totally took care of myself in a way that I wouldn't have taken the time to do before. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's a, uh, I mean, that's a good life lesson. That is a right? good life lesson. I mean, that could be a mantra for, for your whole year. You could, you could just not be rushing through things and you take time to do what you need to do for yourself mm-hmm. before you dive into the work and the kids and all that. Mm-hmm. And then, then when you're with the kids, you're not uh, constantly rushing them along, acting like there's just all this urgency that they need. To, yeah, to get on to them. You too. take I your time with them. Perfect. Take your time to. I love that. I think that's a great lesson. Yeah, great mantra. Yeah, and and but you know, it, what was interesting is that I mean, it's not like this is the first time I haven't been all that concerned about you know timing of a hundred mile. Like uh, right. other than other than my twenty four hour you know, time was like never a huge goal for me. It was right. much more about finishing. Right. Um, but for whatever reason, this time just like coming, framing it that way and letting go of everything except for taking care of myself and, and slowing down. Um, mm-hmm. It ended up just like totally making the race way more enjoyable. Yeah. That's what I think is the, perhaps the big thing that comes from it is not, not only are you like, perhaps better off as far as like if, if something's bothering you and you decide that you're not going to just wait until there's the aid station and you're taking care of 10 things at once and that's going to be one of those things you take care of but if you just fix it now then it doesn't bother you for the next 45 minutes mm-hmm. when it might have and when you might have been a little bit faster taking care of it you know batching it with everything else right um but then you you might might be you might race better for it because because later on you have 45 minutes less of aggravation that happened when you you know tolerated something so i think that's great but i think the real thing is that you know if you if something's not bothering you and you're just sort of letting go of things um or or handling them immediately so that they don't stay then you can actually enjoy the race or you know as much as you can enjoy be present in the race i guess is probably better than enjoy it yeah yeah, that's, that's great. I love that. Yeah. So, did you ever have a uh, debating quitting moment? Which everyone seems to have. Mm-hmm. I didn't have it. Doesn't sound like you really ever have that very often. I know every now and then you've mentioned it, but yeah, uh, that's. I just thought everyone had that going into hundred milers or in hundred mm-hmm. milers, like in mile seventy. But uh, I'm guessing you didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Um, I did last year, uh, and. You know, and that's like when I fell apart, you know, it's like I it had I not had a pace to there, I probably would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but, and, and so my, you know, that was a part of the goal this year was just to like feel really good about it and not, not get to a point where I wanted to quit. Um, right. so no, I, I didn't, but you know, one thing that was kind of interesting is, um, I, I don't, I don't remember how I started thinking about this, but, um, you know, another question everybody asks is, is like, why? Why would you do that? I have that question on my list as well. <laughs> oh, interesting. But I'm going to ask it in a different way at the end. Um, 
Well, I'm going to talk about it. So Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I, might, I might still have a okay. Um, you know, every everyone asks everyone asks why, and um, I've written about this. I've done a pod. You know, probably probably done a trail talk episode about you know like why I trail run or you know why I'm drawn to these long races, and I I try to like wax poetic about how it makes me a better person, and it you know breaks down all these walls and kind of shows me what I'm capable of when I'm you know at my lowest and that, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and, and as I'm, as I'm in the middle of this race, I'm thinking about that question, not really as like a, why the hell am I out here? But like, I don't know, for some reason I just kind of like started asking myself, like, why am I doing this? And what I realized was that it, you know, if I'm being completely honest with myself, it's none of those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that sounds nice and that's a good way to justify it. And people might maybe be able to understand it if you put it that way. But the truth was, I just am drawn to drawn to it. And I don't really know why. There really might not be a why, except that it's just something I want to put myself through and I want to do. And um and I feel like this calling to do it. And um and I what mid race, what I realized was that I'm okay with that. That that I don't need a definitive why. I don't need a something that people can really understand or relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, but that I'm okay with just wanting to do it. And when I told myself that, and when I, when I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, that's kind of freeing because then like, if there's ever a time I don't want to do it and not like mid race, cause I would be really disappointed with myself if I quit. But, um, you know, like if there's ever a time that I just like decide I don't want to do these anymore, then that's that's okay. <laughs> you know? And I'm not there yet. Like, trust me, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm there yet. Um, but it was kind of like this, like freeing, like I want to do it because, or I, I do it because I, I want to. And as soon as I n- no longer want to, then I should let myself not do it anymore. Right. Yeah. So that, that is very close to actually what I was, the way I was going to frame it. So I'm, I mean, it's fine that you've gone there already. Um, I mean, first of all, I had this sort of shallow why question, which was that despite having done this myself, not nearly the extent that you have with a race of this difficulty um, or that takes this long or the number of times you've done it, but even having done it myself once, I still had the, like, I checked your race results in the morning and it was like, I don't know, 10 a.m. And it was like, wow, Doug's already done a whole marathon or whatever by now. Mm-hmm. And it was like, wow, that's a long time. I'm kind of glad I wasn't up at 4.30 a.m. running a whole marathon by now. <laughs> and then I forgot about it. I checked in, you know, maybe another point in the day, probably two more times in the workday. And then, you know, went to soccer practice or something that I had to go to with the kids and then got home. And I think maybe we got pizza from Whole Foods that night. I don't know. We were I was in the kitchen cooking. And, it, and that hit me. It was like, wow, Doug is like still running and – He's probably only halfway done, not, maybe not even, <laughs> and heading into the night. But he's uh-huh. been running all that time, all since all day, since I've done all these different things. And for me, it was like, wow, I am glad I'm not doing that. Like, that sounds horrible. And that's having been someone who has done it and wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of made me start thinking, why is Doug doing this again? made me start thinking why is doug doing this again or why would which then led me to thinking about why you might and i and i thought well he's 
he might be trying to get a better time. We've talked about this, so I, but I thought about the possible reason someone might want to do more than two or three hundred mile races. Because uh, to me, it just seems like once you hit, once you do that, and you've shown yourself you can do hundred mile races, if there's not some sort of time goal where it's like I got to break twenty four hours, um, or I need to do something that is a you know definitive, either I did it or I didn't. Um, I just I can't find where the motivation would come from. So then I got thinking about like, well, you know, when we talked about a few months ago when I was super into the Muay Thai thing, mm-hmm. um, which I still am super into, just have not been very much recently because of the, the problem I talked about where I, anyway, just, anyway, <laughs> I'll be back to it soon. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but I, I got kind of really shaken up when I was so into it and could not think of a reason why. Mm-hmm. Right? It was like, it, ultimately it was because it makes me feel good. And, but I, without having a desire to like eventually fight, um, I, it's, it, it made me really question it. And, and I I don't know if it affected me, but it may have affected me. It may have hurt my motivation a little bit because then it was like, I don't really have a good reason for doing this. It just feels good. And when I don't have a good reason for that, then, you know, I, I, it, it sort of short circuits my whole pleasure or enjoyment process when I start Mm -hmm. to realize that there's not really a reason for this. So that was going to be my question to you. Why, like, why would you want to keep doing these? Not, not just even for, I mean, the least of which is for the race itself, but really for the amount of training and preparation and focus that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Like, what about it is worth all that to you? And, and not, not, not trying to make the argument that it's not worth it at all. Yeah. Clearly it is. I'm just wondering what, like, what is that driving thing that compels you to want to do them? Well, it, it, that's interesting, and 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 I think you're you're right. Is like it's it's easy to say like I want to run 100 miles because I've never run 100 miles, and I think it'd be amazing to hit that goal. Or I want to go sub 24 hours, or you know I really want to beat last year's time, right? You know, or whatever. Um, like that kind of stuff is very tangible and relatable, and you can tell yourself that. But for me, it, it that stuff only holds just a little bit of weight, right? Mm -hmm. Like, because as soon as you realize that you're not going to hit that time goal, what's the point, you know? Or as soon as you realize, you know, that you're not going to have as successful a race as you you thought you would, like, what's the point, right? Mm -hmm. Like, why even finish? And then all that work and all that effort has, you know, been useless. Right. Um, And... That's just not a huge motivator for me. Like, if maybe if I was winning a bunch of races, and maybe if I was really competitive, you know, like that would that would hold more weight and that would be more motivating. But it's just it's just not for me. And and I think like what I did instead was try to like justify it, like I said, with um, because it makes me a better person, or because you know I discover you know I like discover myself, I find myself out there. Mm And, you know, I think that there is some of that. Like, you do learn about yourself, and you do learn about how you handle situations. And, um, you know, I do think it probably makes me a better person. But um, but what I realized during the run, mid-run, first time ever, I think, you know, is that I didn't really need a why. The, 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 the why was because I wanted to do it. Just like you wanted to do Muay Thai, and it just brought you joy. Like, there was just something about being out there and suffering and being, you know, just like, having this adventure that was just so much bigger than any sort of why that I could put my finger on 
or explain to somebody. Right. And, um, and that that's, that's all that mattered. You know, it's like maybe five times is enough. Probably not, but maybe five times was the last one. And, and like, and that would be cool. That would, I would be totally fine with that. Totally satisfied with that mm-hmm. because, um, I had those experiences and I wanted to have them and I don't know when the next one will be. Um, but you know, as soon as I feel called to do it again, like driven to do it again, then I'm going to, I'm going to sign up and it'll be yeah. worth it. Yeah. Right. Does that make Good. any sense? Yeah, it totally does. And it's, I mean, it's a theme that we've kind of been getting at in, in episodes over the past, like six months, I think that we've talked about, you know, the enjoyment versus pleasure distinction, which I think I didn't have the words for that when I was trying to talk about it before. Uh, I couldn't remember what mm-hmm. the names were, but that was just from that flow idea. And the whole, and the whole concept is like, why do you do anything that, that, you know, there's not a clear reason to. And I, it's just, it's been such a struggle for me. And so I think I'm kind of growing into it, this idea that it is not just okay, but like, it might be the point to do things that are fun because there's no reason, mm-hmm. you know, do things just because they feel good to do. Um, again, as distinct from like things that are pure pleasure in the moment, but are ultimately destructive or something. Right. Um, but things were like, you know, it, it's not, it's not, it's not necessarily constructive or destructive. It's just something you do because it's, it, you know, fulfills you. Mm-hmm. And it's been very hard for me to grasp that, that it's okay to do that. And then, like I said, not that it's just okay, but that might be what actually makes you feel like you have a rich life. So right. that's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, and I've like, I've found that recently with language learning stuff. I've gotten much more into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I always ask myself why again, like with everything. I said, why am I like, I'm not going to go live in Italy. I don't think. And I'm not going to probably develop Italian friends who I need to speak Italian in order to get by with. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. And like, and my, the food vocabulary for it, like I sort of like that. I could, I can hear Italian wine and pasta names and understand them, but that doesn't matter. And that would take 20 minutes to learn if I really wanted to learn just that. So but what I heard someone liken it to, actually on the Notes in Spanish podcast, you know, you know that one, Doug, Notes in Spanish? I do not. Mm-mm. It's it's a nice little podcast. It's just people talking Spanish, and one of them's not a native speaker. One is, and it's just good. Mm. But anyway, he was saying that uh, that he thought learning a language was kind of like getting into music. Like you, someone gets into jazz music or classical music, and there is no good reason why you should get into that, right? As far as, like, why? There's nothing... That will come of that. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe somehow you'd become a performer or a critic or something. But like, it's basically just because it feels good to do, mm-hmm. and you learn more about it, and then you then you're able to pick up more things from it, and you're growing in the process of listening to it. And like to me, that seems totally natural that someone would would enjoy going down the road of getting into a new kind of music or a new kind of art or something. So when it comes to learning things and doing races or doing fitness things like that, I think that same exact kind of why where it's just because it feels good and it just lights you up and makes, like I said, adds this richness to your life. That's kind of all you need. And I think, and like I said, I think those are the things you really need to seek out that I, I really need to seek out. Mm-hmm. So I think that answer is perfect. Um, and I'm, I like this theme. I think it's a good, good thing too. that we are, moving in this direction getting older and wiser i think so too and you know there's nothing wrong with like setting time goals there's nothing wrong with like finding that um you know more tangible 
reason to do something, right? And especially if it motivates you to begin with, to get into it. Um, but I don't know how sustainable that is, you know, forever. If you're just like hopping from one time goal to the next or one like... If only there was a, per- a good example of a person who was always motivated by time goals and then eventually just stopped running because he ran out of them. I know. <laughs> we should have him on the podcast. <laughs> we should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, exactly. I think that's, that is, it's, that's not as sustainable. Unless, unless it's like your career or it, it's... Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's, that's a good question. Why, why, if it's your career, is it different then? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. it's not a career, right? Like, like if you're an elite ultra runner, and plenty, plenty of elite ultra runners don't make their living from ultra running, right? Um, and they keep at it with with time goals and wanting to be the best, and it, it being a disappointment if they don't meet their goal of whatever winning or finishing whatever place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I wonder then how it's sustainable for them, and maybe it's because it gives them something much more than just what that time goal is giving them, right? Uh, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's probably deeper than that. I mean, for whatever reason, they, they want to be the best, like that's fulfilling. And, and then also the, if there are financial or fame goals and that kind of stuff. Uh Um, and then a lot of them burn out, you know, a lot of them burn out Uh and are only at the top of the game for a handful of years. And, uh, they they start pushing baby strollers back and forth across their race. Start throwing doubles with the stroller. Double, double, that's right. Trying to get that's when you know world records far, with the. Yeah. Yeah. When you're doing bad water four times, no, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Nothing wrong. With that. No. Good. Um, okay. Um, so, well, I think I think we should uh, mention a piece of gear that I wore. You want to get into that? Should. I think we're contractually obligated to do that. <laughs> I think we are too. Yeah. No, we're contractually obligated to read the ad. You weren't obligated to wear it for your hundred mile race. And no, not at all. Track all the information. So I do want to hear about that. Mm-hmm. All right. Let. So what we will do is we'll just we'll just be we're supposed to read about it, talk about what we're supposed to say, and you can you can chime in and tell me how it has worked. I will. I'll do that. All right. So this episode of No Made Athlete Radio has been brought to you by Whoop, the performance tool that is changing the way people track their fitness and optimize their training. Whoop is a wrist-worn heart rate monitor that pairs to their app that provides analytics and insights on three key areas. Number one, key areas. Number one, strain, with insights into heart rate and calories burn, and it even auto-detects your activities like running. Did it know you were running, Doug? Did it, it, it did. Figure yeah. that out? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Cycling, yoga, and even rates the strain level. Uh, next so is recovery. I, well, yes. so, so I'll, I'll, let me tell you about my... Okay. So I, I, I should say, I, I wore the band the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so it took my strain levels for Friday and Saturday while I was running. Uh-huh. And um, Bad sleep score, I'm sure, on uh, yeah. Friday morning and Saturday morning. Uh, yeah, it says I got three and a half hours of sleep on Thursday night, so for Friday. But um, was your heart rate variability good during that sleep? Because if it was, you could I still do well, it. I don't know. Let's see. Uh, yeah, it's actually 90% uh, efficiency on sleep, so that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. 96%. Um, but so so both Friday and Saturday, I maxed out the, the strain score, which oh, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty proud of. Or, 21, or is that what it is? 21, and I came, I did 21 on Friday and 20.7 on Saturday. So almost maxed it out. But get this, guess how many calories I burned, <laughs> according, to the, according to the app? Uh, 12,000. 25,000 between the two <laughs> days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. That's a lot of a lot of Ben and Jerry's you could eat after that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And I and and had I not gotten really sick, I have I, I've actually been 
eating more the past couple of days after I'm like now that I'm feeling a little bit better. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. All right. Good. Uh, next, recovery. Looking at heart rate variability, resting heart rate, and sleep quality, you get a recovery score when you wake up, which lets the app know how hard your body's working and insight into your body, uh, whether it's ready to be pushed or if it needs rest. So, so right. So my recovery score on Sunday morning was twenty three percent, and that was after Ooh. a two hour nap in the afternoon and then thirteen hours of sleep. Wait, this is on this is on Sunday morning. This is Sunday morning. Yep. So after okay. the week. Yep. Twenty. It's not horrible because I've gotten like thirty sevens when I just had a normal day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so I'm, I mean, I I slept super efficiently that night actually. Oh really? Yeah. What did you did you look at your like deep sleep and stuff? Um, REM and all those things. Yeah, so my my yep, so my REM so this is this is Saturday night. My REM time was an hour and a half and deep sleep about an hour and 10 minutes. Out of 13 hours though. Yeah, I guess that's not, that's yeah. No, I mean those are those are kind of like on a I think a pretty good uh REM on a normal day is like 3 hours. But it's not surprising that that right. That kind of sleep is going to be a weird one. Right. Well, so 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 here, this is kind of interesting. Um, my efficiency was actually further down, so I was wrong about that efficiency of sleep. My efficiency was only at eighty six, and I had sixteen disturbances, which is <laughs> which is a lot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's like like uh, waking up because my legs are throbbing, right. and I have to like adjust them and stretch them out for a second and yeah. roll over because my hip is in tons of pain and all that all that stuff. Mm. And you know, and if I'm going to be in bed that long, I'm sure I'm not sleeping. Right. All that. And how? Well. So I guess the sickness kind of messed things up. But how long was it until you actually recovered? Um, like, that's a, that's a good question. Let me. Before I got out of the, yeah, all right. So it's like, it. I hover. Uh, so th- 26, 34, 40. Uh, let's see. It was last Friday before I got into the green of, of recovery at 73 percent. So a whole week. A whole week. Yep. Wow. <laughs> and that's with like essentially zero strain. I mean, not zero, but, you know, less than 10 right. strain basically every day after that. Uh-huh. Wow. All right. Final thing is sleep. The Whoop Band monitors heart rate throughout sleep to look at sleep quality, sleep cycles, and times within each stage of sleep. REM, deep, light, which we talked about. And the app then provides sleep performance insights based on your actual sleep versus your sleep need. Basically, the Whoop Band provides an insight into your training and recovery and 100-mile races, unlike anything <laughs> I've seen before. To learn more, visit whoop.com. That's W-H-O-O-P.com. And when you're ready to get started, use code NOMEAT at checkout to save 15%. Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> no. uh, it's all right, it's so what, what are the questions for you, you got for me? Um, well, I only have one more, and that okay. was, uh, I'm guessing you didn't. The answer is no. But did, did you make any big mistakes? Because it seems like every ultra marathon, uh, there's something where where it. I mean, it's, uh, I shouldn't say every ultra marathon. Every hundred mile race is just so long that like there are going to be things that don't go the way you want them to. Sure. Um, so I'm curious about did you personally make any mistakes where you could, if you could say go back and do it again, it might just save you a tremendous amount of time or at least a tremendous amount of agony. For mm-hmm. me, it was that I did not pack my mud proof, waterproof shoes and. Blisters just became a, a, you know, the story of my race. Um, anything like that. And second of all, was there any, anything like you know, act of God situation, uh, where 
it was just super muddy or it was something was too cold or too wet or too hot uh, where it made you think like, man, if that didn't happen, this could have been perfect. And I could have finished this thing four hours faster than I did. Yeah. Uh, or, or have you, is this like, is 32 hours and 20 minutes what you think as, as well as this sort of thing could go given your level of fitness? Yeah. All good questions. So, um, so I'll start with the mistake. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say I, I did not have like a game-changing mistake, like something that would have okay. shaved off a ton of time. And that's probably due to experience and wisdom. I, yeah, I think right. I think it is. I think I know myself well enough, and I know my, you know, my ability to handle certain things well enough that right. that was good. But so one thing, one non-mistake that I have learned from previous mistakes <laughs> that I that I took the time to do for the first time ever was to change shorts mm. which i i never would have ever taken the time to do that before and this kind of yeah, goes just, back to the, lube the shorts yeah just lube and but so it rained for the first six hours of the race and this is kind of going into your act of god mm-hmm. um or maybe five hours let's say act of the universe active act of the universe this is um the universe made it rain uh but it was it was <laughs> is the universe an nfl player who goes to the ship club <laughs> Making it rain, rain. <laughs> no, um, it uh, <laughs> it it wasn't like this, like terrible, like awful downpour rain type thing. Which, uh, you know, as you experience, because we live in the same area as each other and as the race last weekend, this past Friday, if it had been in that torrential right. rains that like flooded all yep. of Asheville and all that stuff, like I don't even know what we would have done it would have been awful so got pretty lucky there but it rained for several hours of the for the first several hours of the race and um and it was just kind of this like steady rain where you were just wet you know um and it was f- super foggy which was kind of interesting and to the point where like when you're up on the ridge when you had the headlamp on in the morning between the rain and the fog it was it was pretty hard to see because the light was like above your eyes and then you were looking down and there was all this like fog and and rain and just like played tricks on your eyes. It's kind of interesting. Mm. Um, but anyway, that did, I'm sure that didn't really slow me down, but I was wet and, and I was lubing. I was taking care of myself. I was trying to make, make a point to, you know, cause I knew that uh, I have chafing issues. I knew I should take care of myself, but by the evening time, well after it had rained, I think my shorts just never fully dried out between the humidity and sweat and stuff. And I just couldn't, no matter how much I was lubing it, I was just still having some hot spots and I said, I should just change shorts. And I mm-hmm. took the time to change shorts. And I really think that that, that saved my race and hmm. from, some, from some sort of catastrophic mistake that would have yeah. set me back hours. So I'm, I'm proud of that. So one. you had one change of shorts? I had one change of shorts, yeah. Mm-hmm. But just to, like going into the night where it was dry, because like I said, it was dry the rest of the race until the last five minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, that's such a subtle thing. I mean, it seems like a big deal, I guess, but like... In a first hundred miler, you would not have done that, right? I mean, clearly wouldn't. You yeah, wouldn't. no. And that's yeah. and I think that's like, who knows how much time that actually saved, right? Might have might have saved fifteen minutes, or might have totally ruined the race, right? Like you said, yeah, been catch right. thing. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah, I think there's and there's probably many more little insights like that that you don't even realize you did, that you just wouldn't do the first few times. So mm-hmm. that's cool, good. And then yeah, so that was not really a mistake. It was a non mistake, but uh, something I'm proud of. But uh, one one kind of thing that was that was a little bit interesting. So. Um, there's this, oh, I should have looked up the name brand of it. There's this, uh, 
almond milk latte drink that I'm really into. Mm-hmm. That I've, <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts not, has those now. Really? Almond so. milk? I think so. Like a vegan? I haven't got one, but I think I read that. Um, uh, well, there's a vegan. Oh, yeah. It's, it's the Cal- Calif- Califia brand. Hmm. Califia. Okay. It's, you know, you, you, see it, you see it around. You, like, see their almond milk at even at Ingalls, and then you can get these, like, um, these, like, cold brew espresso, you know, chocolate mm-hmm. things at, at Whole Foods and stuff. And um, they come in, like, small bottles, single-serve bottles. I've been using them for races, for long races for the last several years because it's, like, just got sugar and calories and it's a coffee mm-hmm. drink. So I just take a couple sips at an aid station kind of thing. Um, have always been a big fan of them. My body did not like them at all yeah. on this race. And, uh, yeah, and twice I spewed it up as soon as I put it in my mouth. Like, I just Ooh. couldn't swallow it. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a full-on vomiting situation, but it was like I put it in my mouth and I'm unable to swallow it. Just like my body just like psh, rejects it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so that was kind of, that was kind of gross. And you know, so I guess the mistake there is just, I mean, I don't know if it's a mistake because it's worked for me in the past, but I wish I'd had some sort of other coffee because I do like coffee in these mm-hmm. races. And I had just, I had relied pretty heavily on this uh, mm. and didn't really have anything else. Had, so you hadn't tried this during a race before? No, I had. I I've oh, used this. this. Very senior race. Okay. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not something I would have. I I, I ever drink, uh, like on a regular basis because they're not particularly good for you. But right. Um, hmm. But yeah, no, I've, I've used them in race of the past three hundred milers and with success. Jeez. But just couldn't couldn't handle it this time. Uh huh. Okay. So that was a bummer. And then uh, let's see. What was the last question? Well, you kind of answered it. If there was any just natural thing or you know mm. unfortunate event that that made it just harder than it should have been or harder than it needed to be uh no you know i mean I, the rain was, was kind of one of those things and uh, I, there was a question of whether i think that this is just if, if it went as good as it could have and and that's mm-hmm. like this is my my best um and i think that the answer there is no i think that i think that i did exactly what i needed to do which was to take my time mm-hmm. and you know, really try to take care of myself. But if I, I really think I could probably shave off a couple more hours if I just kind of going more aggressively, like going more aggressively, you know, if if I'm willing to race, if, if the stars aligned and I didn't have some sort of, you know, catastrophic chafing or whatever. Um, if I, if I was just more intentional with my time and time at aid stations and all that stuff, like I think I could have shaved off Uh a bit more time. Right. But you know, now you've done, what the goal of this one was which was to absolutely not have a failure happen right or you know a breakdown at the end now you can go and do that that's true that could be that could that could my wife to return for a third year yeah which would be cool i mean i I would like to i if i if i were to say i'm totally done with this race then i would i would probably want to do it sub 30 Mm -hmm. um but you know that that wasn't the goal for this one. So, right. um, and and the other thing, the other thing I, I will say. So we've talked a lot about what my training looks like mm-hmm. um, for this of of how I you know had four big runs that were kind of key runs and um, you know wasn't able to commit to a, a training plan like I used to before kid pre kid um, and you know and I think that that works. Like it, it worked. It absolutely worked. It got me through the race. Um, 
I don't feel like I was in terrible shape. You know, my body handled it pretty well. I finished, you know, I finished strong. Some of my fastest miles were the last ones. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it worked totally fine. But I also am at peace with the fact that had I been able to train as I would write a training plan for a race like this, right? it absolutely would have been faster and better. Right. right. Um, so this is just, you know, this is the cards I was dealt. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm okay with that. But I, th- I think that, like, I have the ability to run this race faster. Good. Well, as long as you don't have, plan on having any more kids, then, uh, <laughs> then in the next couple of years, you should have a little more time freedom and that's right. Yeah, be able to break thirty. I, I get it. that's a good. It's good. I, I get it. that's a good. It's a good reason to the good like thing to. Sorry, right, you can't have any more kids. I got to break thirty. You know. <laughs> Tell her this is your this is your this is your thing. Your why is it makes you feel good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Good. Well. um... I had another question. Oh yeah, this is a shallow question that I just thought of. Um, what what shoes did you wear? Mm, good question. And then we're done. And then we're done. I uh, I wore all ultras, which um, I should note that I am no longer affiliated with ultras. So uh, it was cut ties. A, it was I cut ties. It was a choice, an intentional choice I made. Um, not that not that it would have been otherwise, but. Um, yeah, I, but I like so this is kind of again like taking it slow and and taking care of myself. I switched at every single all at every single crew aid station. I switched shoes except for one, which alternating is, between two pairs or alternating pairs between three three pairs. Okay, um, and which is absolutely excessive. I think um, I don't think I needed to do that, but I think it. I didn't really have foot issues like I normally do. You know, I mean, I think it helped. Like especially after like the rain. You know, to put on a dry pair of shoes and then those a really muddy section, you know, be able to put on a dry pair of shoes there. Like it just, uh, I mean, I think it helped. It, so it the, certainly... switching, the switching wasn't so much for just giving your foot a slightly different feel and pressure points, but mainly because the shoes had become wet or muddy. Yeah, they were wet. They were muddy. They were dirty. You know, to put on a, a pair of clean socks and a, and a fresh pair of shoes mm-hmm. just felt good and kept my feet happy. Um, well, what if and, it had been totally dry? Would you still think that like ma- switching shoes makes sense because it's just nice to have? Se- like, are these different models of shoes you're putting on, or are they all? Yeah, like, they it- are. Uh huh. Um, and and that was also like I was strategic, and so like, uh, you know, I had some some less cushioned shoes, some moderately cushioned shoes, and some max cushioned shoes, and I was strategic about when I like used the max cushioned shoes, and that was kind of. Uh, like late in the race, golf, like a game of disc golf, only it's uh, <laughs> exactly. running thirty-five miles per pair of shoes. Exactly, yeah, you know, um, you know, so like late in the race and on on sections that weren't very technical, you know, I was using the kind of max cushion shoes, and they felt great, you know. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like even if it was totally dry, I probably would have skipped one more aid station. I don't know. It's just kind of a lot, like, and it takes some time, and you know, mm-hmm. like it's just kind of a lot, but. Like, you know, some people run the whole race in a single pair of shoes. And um, and I think that just accepting that this is something I want to do, which was change my shoes out, and that it didn't matter if it was going to cost me an extra five minutes or whatever to do it. Right. Like, I think uh, I think it was a good call. And um, and I, I probably would have, I probably would, even if it was 100% dry, you know, maybe one other time I would have not done it. But um, I'm glad I did. There you go. 
good shoe tip. So yeah, so ultras are in, are, were <laughs> superiors, Lone Peaks and Olympuses, mm-hmm. and I had a pair of Nike road shoes with me. If uh, oh yeah, if I needed some some heel to toe drop, which I, I didn't I didn't put them on. Gotcha. But I was I was worried if I was I was just thinking I, I might need something that's like gives me a little more heel toe mm-hmm. drop. And, yeah, uh, right. But I ended up not needing them. Well, so. good for you. Yeah. Well, I also like Ultra Shoes. I think Ultra's are very well intelligent brand, well thought out shoes. Definitely. Cool. All right. I have a disc golf thing I have to bring up. Just <laughs> <laughs> because I thought about different clubs and putters and things like that. Okay. All right. Disc golf question, then we'll wrap it up. <laughs> this has nothing to do with running at all. So, so you can tune out now if you're not interested in this addendum to the episode. I was okay. sitting in the traffic on the way home from uh, uh, soccer practice yesterday because yep. there's this long line to get out of the complex every day, every time mm-hmm. you leave there. It's awful. And, but it's at a disc golf course. And this is where I always see people playing disc golf and just get a little chuckle out of it. Mm-hmm. And th- this guy came i saw him like sit down his his bag pulled out three or four discs and he just like ripped three different discs in a row from the same spot which i thought was a little bit odd but i guess if you're playing golf by yourself ball golf you you now and then might play two or three balls if you were the only one on the course and it was okay mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. um so i'm guessing that's what he was doing but then he picked up this little stool like a little like stool that you might bring to a to a brewery or concert or camping <laughs> <laughs> and i was like what's he doing with that stool and then I realized he he sets the stool down each time he gets to a new spot that he just sets his little bag on and then doesn't have to bend over while he rips out three of his frisbees or whatever they are and then just picks it up and goes on to the next and picks up his bag, picks up his stool. And so now you get to play all the all the fun of disc golf without having to bend over. Is that a, is that a common thing? Uh, no, I've never seen anybody put a bag on it. I've no, no, that's new. I, I have seen um, oh, so people... The stool is- carry a stool i you know i've never actually played with anyone who carried a stool but i have seen that what's the point of it so you can sit while your partners are hitting their shots or whatever it is yeah like well it it would be like if the if the course is crowded and there was you know you had to wait a little bit you know like in in ball golf you might sit in your cart or there might be a bench at the at the tee you know and and Mm, in disc golf there's none of that stuff so I've never actually, I've never actually done it myself, and I've never seen anybody, or I've never played with anybody who's doing. It. But I have, I they do actually like a lot of the companies actually make little these little stool things. But but that's pretty funny to play by yourself and to put your bag down on it. That's pretty lazy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, it's lazier than I mean. I'd rather just not carry the thing, the stool. Yeah, right. right. To like have to carry the stool I mean, and like almost, set it up. It's almost the opposite yeah. of lazy. You get a, now you get to do that. <laughs> Lug the stool. In. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, that's pretty funny. I don't Maybe. understand these newfangled things. Disc yeah. golf and gimbal media and uh, gimbal media. Daft Punk having more songs than that one. <laughs> Just what is the world coming to? I don't know. Oh, man. That's funny. You know funny. what Gimbal's is? Gimbal's is the name of the toy store in uh, Elf. That he goes to. Oh, really? The big, uh, or not the, it's the big department store where he, where he kind of works, isn't it? Uh-huh. It's yep. Gimbal's. Gimbal's. That's what you're thinking of. That's what I'm thinking of. No. It's anyway. Gimlet. It's a delicious drink. That's right. Classic old drink. Mm-hmm. All right. Good. Well, that was Doug's Hellbender 2 recap. Yeah. And uh, and this is probably inappropriate, but I'm, I'm going to, I just feel like 
my crew's gonna listen to it so i gotta i gotta shout yeah, out paul paul for for pacing me and uh and my mom like my mom just flew solo most of the time because katie's with eliza and uh and she i mean she's just like she's a magical crew master mm-hmm. at this point and yep. I'm so grateful for that and then of course katie and eliza for coming out when they when they were able to mm-hmm. it was great what about the pacer who did the riddles thing and michael i already okay. well i already shouted out michael but oh, okay yeah yeah so, so michael michael of course michael was a champion through the night and uh and into the morning and uh so michael paul and my mom katie eliza mm-hmm. but paul's gotta up his riddle game I must say. <laughs> yeah, Paul's got to get on that riddle game for if sure. He wants an, if he wants an invite back. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no. Paul's welcome anytime. <laughs> anytime. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. Well, thanks, Doug, for enlightening us all. Uh found this to be an interesting recap. Much yeah. more than most recaps. I don't like most recaps, as you know. But I, I like this one. Yeah, it's good. It's a nice conversation. It's fun to, yes. fun to have it. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back soon. Absolutely. Thanks.